proximal humerus fractures or bone breaks that can affect patients young and old alike. So what are they and how are they treated? This is Doc Talk, brought to you by Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall. Thanks for joining us. I'm Joey Waller. Our guest, Dr. Wasik Ashraf. He's an orthopedic surgeon and medical director of sports medicine for Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall. Dr. Ashraf, thanks for being with us here today. Thank you for having me. So this particular type of fracture, what is it exactly? So the proximal humerus fracture is a type of fracture that happens in the upper arm near your sh- in the shoulder, and it really results from overuse or trauma or fall. And so as mentioned, it can affect younger and older people. Let's start with younger. What would be typical ways that this would be suffered in the first place? So a lot of our young athletes now, you know, they uh, subspecialize in a certain type of sports. And this is commonly seen in, you know, baseball, anything throwing mechanics. And so if you overthrow, you get type of shoulder fracture called little leaguer shoulders and which if you throw through all the pain, you can actually have a break in the growth plate of the proximal humerus or the upper arm. And that's something that we see in our younger patients that are just overdoing it and playing the same sport all year round. And it's a very common and prevalent injury that we're seeing more and more these days. I know, for instance, Mets pitcher Jacob deGrom recently suffered an injury to a bone in his shoulder. I don't believe this type of break specifically, but I remember people being kind of taken aback, doctor, because they were like, boy, you know, even those of us that follow baseball are not used to hearing about a pitcher suffering shoulder damage to a bone. It's usually more muscle related, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. We hear more ligaments and tendons that are muscle-related. But one thing with our younger patients, especially ones that are still growing, their growth plate actually is the weakest part, as opposed to, say, an adult where the bone is already fused, the growth plates fuse, they tend to injure more ligaments. But our younger patients, adolescents, are the most at risk for this overuse injury in the upper arm. So now let's talk about older folks. How do they typically get this condition? So most of my seasoned patients, you know, the patients that are, you know, having humerus fractures tends to be from a fall. And, you know, as we all season, as we all get a little older, our bone tends to get weaker. And we call that osteopenia, the bone is weak, or osteoporosis, which is the bone is very soft. And one of the signs of osteoporosis is after a small fall, having a break in the bone. And the proximal humerus or the ball near the shoulder is a very common place people can break. And so most of my injuries that I see of the proximal humerus in my elderly patients are from trauma, uh, a small fall or a small hit on the side of the shoulder that causes a pretty big fracture. And so... How, if at all, does treatment in terms of options differ between younger and older people that are affected? Our younger patients very seldom need surgery for this type of uh, fracture. Usually the younger patients, the pitchers, the throwers, really education about 
what is causing this, the overuse, the overtraining, getting the parents and the trainers involved, and really kind of shutting them down from throwing, and then slowly easing them back into a pitching program will take care of this. So very seldom do our younger patients need surgery. It's a lot more involved with counseling than anything else. Our elderly patients, you know, are really multifactorial where if surgery is warranted or not, if they're a righty, if they're a lefty, how bad is the fracture? Is there a chance that this could heal on its own with therapy? But more and more surgery is being done for these humerus fractures for our elderly patients. And so if that surgery is needed, what does that involve? So there's a few ways we can attempt at putting the pieces back together for a proximal humerus fracture. Surgically, we could try to put plate and screws to hold the pieces together and allowing them to heal. But as we talked about earlier, this is usually in patients with soft bones. So the screws really don't have good purchase or can really grab onto the bone piece as well. So plating and screws really don't work as well. There's a thing called a half a shoulder replacement called a hemiarthroplasty, which is something that we used to do more because we really had no other options. Nowadays, most of the proximal humerus fractures that need surgery get a surgery that's called a reverse shoulder replacement, where we put the ball on the side of the socket and the socket on the side of the ball, and we make the deltoid muscle, the muscle on the side of the arm, do the work, and they have had really excellent results. And is that something that's newer, that procedure? It is. It's something that it has really, um, in the last 10 to 12 years, uh, really evolved. We use it for significant arthritis, for rotator cuff tears that cannot be repaired, as well as proximal humerus fractures, where you know we're trying to gain motion, decrease pain, and increase functionality. How tricky can it be as an orthopedic surgeon dealing with older patients? They have brittle bones in certain cases that, as you mentioned, often contribute to bringing this particular type of fracture about. Plus, you know, they're often perhaps more adverse to surgery because, you know, they are just trying to enjoy their latter stages of life and maybe, you know, more reluctant than younger people. How do you deal with that as a doctor, that whole scenario? So it's, uh, you know, a joint decision with the patient, the family, and really understanding what they're trying to get back to. If I have a patient that has a proximal humerus fracture and they are really not super active, you know, their sport of choice or what they like to do is more sedentary, then surgery may not be the answer. We don't treat x-rays, we treat patients and what they're trying to get back to. I have my more um, elderly patients that are still playing golf three times a week that are playing pickleball. And the idea to, to for me is to get them back to that stage. And so if they understand that's what they want to get back to, I can reliably tell them that doing a reverse shoulder replacement has a higher chance to get them back to what they were doing before. But it really depends person to person, patient to patient, fracture to fracture. Interesting you just mentioned pickleball, Doc, because more and more people are playing that all the time. And just uh, whether it be this particular injury or in general, are you seeing more pickleball injuries since it's becoming so much more prevalent? You know, I have seen uh, more rotator cuff injuries, more rotator cuff tendonitis due to pickleball. 
But, you know, it's something that I, I love for my patients. They enjoy it. They're able to go back with joint replacements because, the, you know, you're not running as much while maintaining a cardiovascular health. But as far as specific pickleball injuries, maybe some tendonitis from the shoulder. But with proper warm-up and cool-down, you know, and some good counseling for what to do or what not to do, patients tend to be pretty healthy with that. And as you pointed out, it's kind of a poor man's tennis from a an exertion standpoint, right? And that you don't have to go all out in certain ways the way you would on a regulation tennis court. Correct. And it's funny you say that. There's several tennis courts. I have friends that live in Florida that uh, in their community, tennis courts are being turned into pickleball courts uh, down there. Wow, I bet the tennis people aren't too happy about that. Right. Yeah, we all got to uh, be cohesive in these things, you know? Let me take you back to talking about younger people affected by these fractures. Generally speaking, since you're involved in sports medicine, what would you say to people that play a sport, whether it be pitching or otherwise, where a fracture like this proximal humerus break can occur from overexertion, as you point out? What's your advice in knowing as a thumbnail idea when you're playing sports? How do you know when to push yourself through a little bit of pain, but not to cross that line to where you're overdoing it and you may be either causing or worsening an injury? It's a fine line for a lot of athletes that want to, you know, male or female, play macho man, so to speak, and just fight through, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a very tough, uh, tough thing. You know, I see this with, you know, gymnasts, with cheerleading and, and baseball in all sports. And they're limping, they're hurting, and, you know, they, A, don't report it. Number two, they uh, kind of underscore how much is really bothering them, and then they just kind of work themselves through it. So, you know, my recommendation always is you need rest days. You know, you can't just go seven days a week hard. And, you know, the question isn't always how much are you playing in the game, but they're playing multiple leagues, they're training multiple days, and no one's really different trainers in different leagues that are not really keeping account of the pitch count and things like that. So I, I really kind of talk about longevity. I tell patients and I tell my kids that, you know, that are athletes that, you know, I'm going to take care of you now, but I'm really also thinking about you when you're in your 40s and 50s. And I want to make sure what you're doing now doesn't affect what you're going to be able to do later and kind of go over the anatomy. And I feel like if when I talk to them like they're adults and just go over what's going on and help them explain what it is that we're addressing, they understand and you make them feel like they're part of the team. And I always tell them my goal is to get you back to what you want to do. And once you get them to buy in, they're on board. But injury prevention is probably the biggest thing. And injury prevention happens from proper warm-up, proper cool-down, proper stretching, and proper rest. Absolutely. Great advice indeed, Dr. Wasik Ashraf. Thanks so much again for being with us. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. And so, folks, we hope you're now more familiar with proximal humerus fractures. We want to thank you for listening to Doc Talk, presented by Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall. For more information, please visit MontefioreSLC.org. That's MontefioreSLC.org. Please do remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall podcasts. If you found this podcast helpful, please do 
tout it on your social media. And thanks as always for being with us, hoping your health is good health. I'm Joey Waller.